Welcome to the Uno Mas podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Kay, daughter of Christ, wife, mom, brand, and social media specialist, strategist, and coach. I invite you to join thousands of other listeners and me each week in elevating your brand, business, and life. With a foundation of faith, I help you create an irresistible brand and a voice to be heard, leveraging social media in the online space to impact individuals, build and scale communities, and develop simple strategies for a thriving and profitable online business. The Uno Mas podcast is here to inspire you to dream, think, and do big. Talking all things faith, family, life, business, and the in-between. Stop feeling overwhelmed, confused, and stuck at a standstill and start feeling confident, productive, and fueled with purpose in your life and business again. Have you ever felt like you are going to be found out? Have you ever felt like you just don't measure up? This could be imposter syndrome. And in fact, I sit down with Nando Rodriguez, an imposter syndrome breakthrough coach and co-founder of the Project Pineapple to talk to you about everything imposter syndrome and to see if maybe that is exactly what is holding you back from taking the action that you need to level up in your life, in your business, in your relationships, and all the things. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So Nano, I am so excited to meet with you today and have this conversation. This is our second time, by the way, our second time having this conversation because the first time it just did not come out the way that I had hoped, but I had to get you back on because I couldn't pass up the opportunity to have you on my podcast and share your story and everything that you're doing. So one thing I love starting off these conversations with is one interesting fact most people don't know about you. Well, I would say this time around, what's new is, um, I gave up meat, so I'm not eating meat. Oh, um, wow. That's a, what caused you to do that? Just a big drastic life change. Yeah, it was health. And it was also, you know, like contributing to the planet and, you know, yeah. So I, and I, I don't really talk about it that much. Right. Cause Good I'm not sure, you. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. So, you know, I'm not posting or, or anything. Not a lot of people know. Is so, this yeah. like 100% vegan, like no meat, no, dairy? So we're doing, yeah, no dairy, but, uh, and I say we, cause it's my husband and I, uh, we are still doing, um, uh, fish. So it's more like pescatarian, but yeah, okay. no meat, beef, chicken, turkey, none of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I support you 100%, but I can understand that if you're a normal meat eater, that can be, it can be difficult. It's like fasting almost. It's almost just like, okay, I'm so used to this way of living and now I got to give it all up. Yeah. So two things, right? So I grew up, you know, I'm Texan. So barbecue. Okay. I'm from Texas. (laughs) Second thing, I'm Mexican. So we celebrate with animals. (laughs) So it is, it is a big change, but you know, my husband and I have tried this in the past before 
And I believe the longest we, we did it was like six months. But when we were doing it, um, and, and when I say for health issues as well, it's, you know, I have a tendency to um, have kidney stones. And so for me, my body doesn't break down um, the protein in animal protein, right? So that's, uh, that's an impact. And so the first time I got diagnosed with kidney stones, that's where we were off of me for six months, my husband in solidarity. Right. And we just, see, we just saw so much improvement in energy. And we were also way younger back then in energy and just vitality and everything. And, but it, it was like a form of punishment, right? This time around, that's not the mindset this time around. It's like, we're not, we haven't even craved it. The day that we said we were going to stop, we haven't even craved meat of any kind. Right. So that's, that's a big change for us. We're just like, where'd that come from? Yeah. But that's great. I mean, I think that's amazing that you're doing that. And not only that, I think the most important thing is being able to do it with somebody else too, because they're going to be your encouragement and your accountability partner throughout the process. There's nothing more challenging, especially in a relationship saying, Hey, I'm going to commit to this way of living. And then the other person has not committed with you. So you're constantly around Mm -hmm. that type of thing that you're trying to get away from, you know? So it's very, I think it's great that you two are doing it together. Yeah. And that's definitely something I did not know about you. (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot. Well, like I said, it's still brand new, but yeah, we're, we're, we're chugging along. Well, good for you. Good for you. Well, one of the reasons I really wanted to connect with you is because of what you do for a living. You are an imposter coach and now more so than ever, are there a lot more people dealing with imposter syndrome? Now I know imposter syndrome has been around for a while and people have dealt with this, you know, I guess, stigma of just not feeling good enough and, you know, everything that imposter syndrome is, but really it's more prevalent today. So when I say, or you hear the phrase imposter syndrome, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So, so yes, I'll get into what imposter syndrome means to me. It, it, to me, it means that you're in a mode, you're trapped in a mode where you don't feel good enough, you don't feel worthy, you don't feel like you're, that success is obtainable for you. It's, it's obtainable for everyone else, not for you. Um, and it's just a struggle in order for you to follow your passion, your dreams, right? Because there's something just holding you back always. And sometimes you can't always identify what it is, but it's just that thing, whether it's going live on Instagram and you're just like, no one's going to care. So I just won't do it, you know, and you're an entrepreneur. So it's, it's helpful, right? It's, it's part of the business. So imposter syndrome is those are those messages inside of you that are flipped on that you receive that says, don't do it. You don't deserve it. You're not worthy. No one cares. No one's going to listen. Um, just go back on the couch and just be quiet. That is, that is imposter syndrome. Yeah. It really stops people from even wanting to show up in their business. And what's so frustrating is that 
you see it in all industries and you see it with all types of people. And why I say it's frustrating is because there's so much talent within every single one of us. And there's so much value to be given. And it's literally stopping people from showing up and embracing, you know, who they really are. So I love that you are helping people kind of break through these barriers that are holding them back. Um, but I'm curious where along your entrepreneurial journey have, have you experienced imposter syndrome yourself? Yeah. So you, you had mentioned earlier about, is it, you know, is it more prevalent now? I don't know if it's more prevalent now. I know it's more visible now, right? Because of social media, because of everyone just wanting to be heard and be out there. And so I believe what's igniting or, you know, yeah, igniting, I would say the word igniting imposter syndrome and those, if it was dormant or not, is everyone just showcasing everything off on social media. And then you comparing yourself to that journey, to this business, to that client, to whatever it is. So it's that comparison itis that's really flared up this thing called imposter syndrome. And the thing about it is that still not a lot of people know what that thing is like that stops them, that keeps them from showing up fully. Um, they might show up, but like hold back withhold. Um, but it's, it's definitely you not showcasing your fullness, your greatness at all times, because you just feel like, you know, who's going to listen, who cares, there's other people that know more. There's other people have been doing it longer. There's other people doing it greater than you. So let's let them do it. And then you'll just take a back seat. Yeah. I, I think that's so true. And a lot of people deal with this. And I know that I've personally dealt with it in my own business and it just comes with, like you said, comparisonitis and me trying to put myself into a group of other people that do what I do or that I aspire to be like them in some way. And me comparing what I believe my level of success is compared to theirs. But that's the thing on social media and online it's our highlight reel, right? Most of the time, not everybody's highlight reel, but most of the time we put the best of our best online. We don't see the struggles that every single one of us deal on the back end. We don't see the arguments, the frustration, the frustration, the tears, the hardships, everything, the clients lost the million no's. And so it's very, it's very hard for us to compare ourselves to somebody that we really don't know what's going on beneath that surface level, but at the same time, we still do it and we do it every day. So that leads me into my next question. Do you believe that, um, the expectations of others or the expectations that maybe society puts on us kind of encourage this imposter syndrome that we all somewhat deal with? So, the component with imposter syndrome is it's an internal, it's an internal denial of your greatness, right? It's that inability to acknowledge who you are and what you're capable of doing internally. So, you know, there's people out there that exist in the world that if I place an expectation on them, they will be like, yo, stop. That's your expectation. You know, nope, not going to take it we're stopping the train right here. 
But when you experience imposter syndrome, if there's a perceived expectation, then yeah, it does contribute to it. But, you know, and, and there was this whole article on, in the Harvard Business Review that said, stop telling women that they have imposter syndrome because a lot of the systems are set up in such a way where they really don't feel heard. They don't feel worthy. They don't feel this. And I don't know there for me, there's not enough research yet because I know for a fact that I've been in rooms where, (laughs) where these powerful women, no matter what, no matter if it's the CEO or whatever, they will stand up and be like, no. Right. So I think that's an internal thing that they've got going on. And so those of us who experience imposter syndrome, when that flip is switched on, like, Oh, don't say anything. It, you know, you, it's a stupid thing you're about to say, stay quiet, withhold back down. There's people that'll speak up for you. Um, it, it comes down to you trusting in yourself. So when we don't have that trust, then yeah, that imposter syndrome shows up. And you had asked me earlier, when did I, you know, have I experienced this? When, when, when was, when I, I haven't experienced it that much in my entrepreneurship. When I, the height of it was when I was working in corporate America and I was working for an iconic global advertising agency, Ogilvy and Mather. And I was work I worked for them for four years. And at the height of it, literally I would wake up, go to the bathroom in my house have a panic attack, get dressed, get on the train, go to work, go to that bathroom, throw up, go to my desk and just be inside of worry and fear that today was the day they were going to fire me because I wasn't good at my job. And they were going to replace me with someone even just 1% better because I just knew that person existed. So that's what imposter syndrome, when you experience it, could feel like to some people having that anxiety, having that fear. And that's when you're experiencing it at a high level. And imposter syndrome is, is, is experienced on a spectrum. So when you've been working on it for a while and managing it and dealing with it, you might experience it at, you know, on a scale from one to a hundred, one being, you know, the lowest, you might be at a 10 or a 20. That's beautiful. That's great. That might be a thought every once in a while. Maybe you're on clubhouse and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to say something. I'll let somebody else say something. But when you're experiencing it at like a 90, a 95, a 97, how I was, you literally are a shell of a person showing up, just literally having no feedback, no opinion. And you're riddled with anxiety and stress because you just figure that at any moment you're going to be found out, you know, that you're not the expert. You're not the one who knows stuff. Yeah. And so that's when I experienced it. So I was able to work on that, you know, early on before I got into my entrepreneur journey. So, but listen, do I still experience it? Absolutely. You know, I I shared last time how, or I think I did, how, I, I think it was like three, four months ago, I was invited to be on a clubhouse room as an expert on imposter syndrome and they invited another person I didn't know was going to be there. And literally when they introduced her or when she introduced herself, she had said, you know, Oh, my name is so-and-so. And I literally, you know, I'm on, uh, I just released my first, I just published my first book 
called imposter syndrome and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, holy crap, this woman actually wrote a book on imposter syndrome. I haven't done that. She knows more than me. And then I caught myself and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Stop. You're experiencing imposter syndrome right now about your imposter syndrome. So I was able to like reel it back in and then just show up powerful. And at the end of that room, what I discovered was a very important lesson, which is not having imposter syndrome doesn't mean that you see yourself as the ultimate expert. It doesn't mean that you know it all. It just means that in the realm of your knowledge, in the realm of your being, you know what you know, you don't know what you don't know, and you show up with that. And you feel confident in, in everything that you're saying. And so that is what it looks like to no longer be ruled by imposter syndrome, right? So it's, it's a pretty powerful lesson. I love that. And I love that you're, you're humble enough to say, even as an imposter coach here, I was just a couple months ago in a situation with somebody else that also does exactly what I do. And I had to catch myself because I I put myself, I started to see myself walk on over to the imposter syndrome table and take a seat and be like, Hey, I'm Nando and this is me. And I'm starting to feel this way. So I think it's really powerful that you still are open enough to share those recent experiences with it, because it is something that I don't think we ever fully get over, but I think something that we get better at doing and what you coach people on doing is recognizing those moments of when you're starting to like pull up a chair at that table and say, okay, hold on, wait, am I actually going to sit down or am I going to take note of like what's going on? And I'm going to like get control of it and check myself, step away from the table and, you know, continue on my way. So I, I just really appreciate that you said that because I think that's really cool. And it's actually a really cool story. Um, but that leads me into my next question, you know, for somebody that might be dealing with imposter syndrome, what, what are some, like, what are five of your best tips or strategies that they can maybe start implementing either to take awareness of what's going on or kind of steer them out of embracing this, this weight of what imposter syndrome can be? Yeah. So the first thing is to recognize the components of what imposter syndrome is, right? So when you're experiencing imposter syndrome, there's four components. The first one is, and this is, um, this is based on the research back from 1978 that was created by the, the, the two psychologists that coined the term imposter phenomenon, right? So they did research back in 1978, um, on women who were working in higher academia, And so they did all this research, research came back, and there was these four components that basically every single person had listed or checked off. And the first one was being that all the success that they've experienced to date was due to luck. So when you feel like your success, you just lucked out, you got lucky, don't ever expect that to to happen again. Um, That's something to be on the lookout for. Do I feel like this, right? And so if that's the case, what there is, is to start documenting, start creating evidence, right? That's why a lot of people will say they have, um, they call it different things. I call it a brag file, right? I call it a you're so awesome file. And when you get uh, testimonials from clients or from, you know, managers, supervisors, friends, whatever, take screenshots and then just stick them in there, right? Because that's the evidence of like how 
awesome and how great you are, right? Uh, the second component of imposter syndrome is that you feel there's other people better equipped or there's other experts that, you know, there's just more expertise out there than what you have, right? And so what that does is it causes you to show up half of yourself. It causes you to show up a quarter of who you are. And what there is to do there is to just own, this is what I call own your juiciness. And like I said, I know what I know about imposter syndrome and I don't know what I don't know about imposter syndrome, but I do know that my program, my Bull Boss Academy has turned out some amazing female entrepreneurs that have gone on to expand their businesses. Listen, I have one client who, when she and I started working together, she had a part-time executive assistant. That was it. She's an immigration attorney, part-time executive assistant. Fast forward to last month, she, I was doing a communication training seminar for her 21 employees Wow. Because her, her office, her practice has grown so phenomenally that, which is a great problem to have, like the team needed to have a way to communicate with one another, right? Cause some things were occurring or whatever. And it was just like, Nando, can I get you to do it? And I was like, absolutely. Wait, how many employees do you have now? She's like 21. I'm like, That's Oh so my awesome. God. And they were all, you know, it's through zoom. So they were all on and it was just like, wow, she had one. And it was part time, right? So when you start to believe like there's other people that know more, you know, you know what you know, and you embrace that and you just flow with it. You work with it, right? Like the, the, the fish doesn't try and fly and, you know, the bird doesn't try and swim. It's like, just stick to your lane and be great at that and be good at that, right? The third component is that you are constantly, you know, it's, how do I put this? The third component is that you play small because you're afraid of recognition. You don't like the spotlight. You don't. And so this is what keeps people. Who doesn't like the spotlight? (laughs) Well, if you think about it, this is what has people not show up on Instagram. Uh, Like this is why you quiet down or aren't able to host rooms on clubhouse or aren't able, like it keep, aren't able to do speaking engagements or show up in certain places because you just avoid recognition, avoid the spotlight, because think about it. You think you're a fraud. You think you're an imposter. There's other people that know more than you. So what if you say something and you're found out? So that's component number three. So when you're experiencing the whole um, avoiding the spotlight, what there is to do is just with that one, it's just like really feel it and really just be there. Like, what's it like to continue to work behind the curtains? What's it like to continually, because what ends up happening is a lot of the times you start feeling resentment, right? Because you'll start saying things like, well, I knew that, or I can do what she does or what he does. Right. And it's like this resentment. Well, who's stopping you? only yourself, right? Cause it's internal. I can't put myself out there. Yeah. So that's the thing to do with that. And then the fourth component to imposter syndrome is that there's a cycle. There's a deep cycle of depression, high anxiety and high stress. And how I explained earlier, when I was working at the advertising agency thinking they hired me by mistake, I don't belong here. 
right? That's another component is like, you feel like you don't belong. I don't belong here. And so, um, what there is to do is really just take stock of when you're feeling that way and know that when you, when that anxiety, that panic, that stress, that depression or kick are, you know, you're, you're in it. It could be that you're experiencing imposter syndrome because of a project that you're working on because of a person you're comparing yourself to like, just really just be with it and try and be at the source of what ignited that. So I would say those would be the four tips that I have. Wow. That's, I love that. I love that you break it down that way. And as you're speaking, I'm sitting here <laughs> and honey, if you end up listening to this podcast later, you know, I love you, but my husband, I feel might deal with this a little bit now that I like, I, that you break it down in that way. Um, because he, for the longest time has always been worried that he was going to lose his job and he always puts his best foot forward and he is overstressed sometimes and he is pushing himself to the limit and he did just get a promotion, but that was a good piece of validation for him. But now he's stressing because he needs to maintain, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's, well, you know, I, when I was hired at the advertising agency, I came on as a temp. And so after three months, they took me into an office and they said, Hey, we need to talk to you. And I'm like, Oh, it's happening. Yep. They're going (laughs) to let me go. Today's the day. And so I went in there and my boss was like, listen, you've been doing such a phenomenal job. Not only does the social division want to make you permanent right now, you're only in charge of New York there. They want to expand your services so that now you're recruiting. I was recruiting. You're recruiting for Atlanta, Chicago, LA, Washington, DC. Like they added six different regions to my plate and someone would have been like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And da, 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 da. For me, it was like, Holy crap. I've just barely been keeping my head above water, like trying not to sink with the stress and the anxiety. And, and like, I'm going to let everybody down. And now they've added six more regions to my plate. Are you So I was not a happy camper walking out of that. I faked it like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And then I had to go and throw up right because of the pressure. So when you're experiencing imposter syndrome, something as beautiful as that recognition it goes over your head because all you can think about is like, Oh crap. Now I got to stay later now because now there's more people that I could possibly disappoint. You're more you know? focused on maybe what could go wrong rather mm-hmm. than all the things Absolutely. that could be going right. Absolutely. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't, my, my husband, I mean, from what I see, he's not getting sick or anything like that, but I, he might have a little bit, I mean, we all have a little bit. Um, so just understanding that and being aware of that, um, it's important. And I, I'm really glad that you shared that. Cause I'm sure a lot of people like myself who are just listening are like, Oh my gosh, this is really interesting. So now that we know, here's the thing yeah, that I'll add go ahead. That, right. At least with my, in, in my experience, Imposter syndrome, when you experience it, let's say you're experiencing it at work, entrepreneurship, whatever, it doesn't, the impact isn't just there because of the high stress, the high anxiety. For me, the impact was occurring with my friendships because I didn't have time to go hang out with them because I was, I was working a lot and then it impacted my marriage because I would come home so stressed out, so angry, so frustrated. And my husband would take the brunt of it, you know, in our relationship. And 
when I finally left Ogilvy, <laughs> he was so happy. He was just like, oh my God, like we can breathe again, you know? But then it started again with the next job because unless you are um, managing it, unless you are dealing with it, right? With a coach, with the program or something, it just keeps repeating. And I didn't know that that's what I was experiencing. And I thought that that was just how life is. I, because no one talks about it. That's why I was so happy when you were like, okay, I got to get you back on because not a lot of people talk about it or they talk about it from a place of I'm already over it. I don't experience it anymore. Life is glorious. And, and what that creates is like imposter syndrome shaming for those of us that still experience it, you know? So absolutely. I think it's so important to talk about it and talk about it in a way where, you know, it's okay. It's okay. If this is what you're experiencing, you're not alone. In fact, 70% of people have said that they've experienced imposter syndrome while 40% of people struggle with it on a daily basis. I was one of the 40%. And those are the clients that I work with, the ones that struggle with it on a, on a daily basis because it's impacting their money, their relationships, their love life, their health, all of, think about it. Like how healthy can you be if you're not sleeping, anxiety, stressed out, depression, it's impacting your health. I mean, it's, it's all over. It's all over the map. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, it's amazing that you do this. And I, like I said, I, this is exactly why I wanted to get you on because this is an important conversation to be had. So, um, now that we understand kind of how we can recognize imposter syndrome, um, what would you say your first steps to, I guess, dealing with it? Yeah. You know, how do you, how do we deal with it? Obviously we can work with somebody like you, but say like, okay, I think this is imposter syndrome. I think this is what I'm feeling. Like, what do, what do I do? Yeah. So there's actually a quiz online that you can take just Google imposter syndrome quiz, right? You can take that and see where you score on that. And that will, that will just, that alone will give you so much insight. Right. Um, and then what there is to do really is just start educating yourself on how it impacts you. Because, uh, you know, when I talk about imposter syndrome, it's from my own experience. And I, I get that I experienced it at a super high level and not a lot of people, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's on a spectrum. So when I come at it, I'm coming at it from like that top high experience, high anxiety thing. And so what I tell people is start noticing how that's the first thing, start noticing how it impacts you. You know, what are those internal messages that you're receiving? Are you not worthy? You don't deserve this. You're going to screw it up. You're a failure. What are those messages? Because those messages really point to something, you know, and once you identify what those messages are, the next step is what's at the source of that statement, really? So take the quiz, start writing, identify what the state, what the messages are that you're getting, and then get to the source of what that statement is. So for example, you're not worthy. Okay, okay, let's dig in here. And here's the thing, right? Um, imposter syndrome lives in the subconscious. It lives in the subconscious because it's a, it's a, it's a program that's just running 
day and night. And sometimes, you know, we don't even realize that the decisions we're making are being based off of the imposter syndrome that we're experiencing, right? So for example, you know, at work, when I was, when I was working um, in corporate, um, there was always um, an opportunity. The division that I worked in would have, um, uh, would go out like nonstop after work. Oh, happy hour. Let's do happy hour. Because I felt like I didn't belong and because I felt like I wasn't worthy, I would make up excuses to not go. Wow. Nonstop. When there was like a, a department, um, a department holiday party and we had to do gift exchange. Oh my God. Like what would go through my head would be like, I'm going to pick the wrong present. They're going to hate me. And the anxiety that I would create for myself, I dreaded Christmas. I dreaded baby showers. I dreaded birthday party. I, because internally I, you know, and, and I couldn't share this with anyone because I felt like I'm the only person here who feels this and I, and it needed to be a secret and it needed to be something because no one else spoke about it and everybody would just show up like, you know, la di da I'm here for the baby shower. And I'm like, Oh my God, don't open my gift in front of everybody. You know, just like making up excuses. Oh, I got a meeting. Oh, I got this. Or I'd call in sick, you know? So it's, it's, it, it, you know, when I say discover how it, what's at the source and how it impacts you, stuff like missing, you know, happy hours or not wanting to be with, you know, large groups of people because you just really feel left out. You feel like you don't belong. Oh, that's really, it's really fascinating. Um, because it's, it's not funny, but it's funny in the way of like, there's so many little behaviors that you think might be normal, but in reality, it could be something way bigger than that. Like, it's like you said, you kind of thought, well, this is how everybody lives. This is normal. This is, you know, this is just how I am. And in reality, it was way bigger than that. Like you were dealing with something way bigger and that was imposter syndrome. And again, I don't mean that it's funny because it's definitely not something funny to laugh at, but funny in the fact that like, we just don't ever notice these things because we just think it's just normal. Right. Yeah. And, and then the, you know, the term social anxiety was coined and it's like, Oh, I just have social yep. anxiety. So then I just, I just hung my hat. I just hung my hat there on that hook. and was like, Oh, it's just, and that didn't allow me to keep digging and digging and digging. Oh, it's just social anxiety, right? Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, it was way deeper. It was way deeper than that. Yeah. I've said that before myself, that I've dealt with social and anxiety. Listen, not <laughs> Are everything. Are you calling me out, Nando? <laughs> well, I was going to say, not everything points to imposter syndrome, right? So that's why I say you got to get to the source of it and like what the impact is. Because you, you might, you know not have, you might not experience imposter syndrome and you just literally have social anxiety. Uh, when I say you, I mean like, you know, the, the listeners. That, yeah. yeah. That Point the finger at me. It's cool. Um, <laughs> but not everything is imposter syndrome, but for me, everything pointed to it, you know, okay. and, and, yeah. and how it manifested for me, you know, not everybody who experiences depression experiences imposter syndrome, whereas panic attacks or anxiety has imposter syndrome, 
right? So I just really want to be responsible with that. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Very important. You know, we can easily put on a label to something, you know, smack the label on and say, this is what it is. But unless you're willing to dig a little bit deeper to find, you know, where it's triggering from. And then not only that, but then reach out to somebody like yourself and ask for guidance, ask for, you know, direction or understanding, then, then really you're just labeling something that you really don't have the deep knowing behind. So I think you're absolutely right. You can't just smack a label on it and say, that's what it is and brush it under the carpet. You've really got to get to the bottom of it. And, um, I love that you're doing that. And you want to have to, because you don't have to do anything about it, right? It's either you, you continue living the way you live, right? Or you go and do something about it, you know? And so the women that come to me, that are working with me in the Bold Boss Academy, you know, when, when we have our initial call, they will tell me things like, I, I really, ha- I know I have a program in me, but I just don't think it's good enough to put it out there. Some women have told me they've, they're, they're ready to hit publish, but they're too terrified to do that. I have other entrepreneurs that are not posting, like Instagram is their enemy, right? Because it means that they have to be seen, right? And it's not even writing the caption. It's not even, it's just like this big fear of like putting themselves out there. What are people going to think? It's, it's, it's really having that mentality that people are going to be judging you. People are going to think you're not worthy. Um, Also some, some imposter syndrome messaging is, am I doing it right? And that stops a lot of entrepreneurs. Wow. Well, I love this and we could probably talk about this forever, but I want people to really get in on what you're doing so they can hang out with you. So what is a project that you're working on right now or something you're really excited about that you could share with our followers and um, subscribers? So I would say the biggest one is, you know, the Bull Boss Academy, right? It's a 12 week online group coaching program for female entrepreneurs who are experiencing imposter syndrome and that whole world of self-sabotage, overthinking, overwhelm, procrastination, perfectionism. This is how imposter syndrome shows up and it manifests itself, right? And so if you want, if you recognize yourself in that, oh yeah, I experience perfectionism. Oh yeah, procrastination is my middle name. Then take a look at it and see if the bull boss Academy is something that you're, you know, a fit for. And, uh, you know, let's crack open that conversation because that's what I'm in. That's, that's what I'm here for is I found imposter syndrome is my jam. And I believe that I'm the perfect coach for it because I myself experienced it. And I myself have been, have been able to manage, um, and really deal with it in a way that's healthy where I can say to you, oh yeah, I experienced the Boston syndrome, you know, a few months ago with, you know, da, 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 da. But I don't let it stop me anymore. Because think about it. You and I met on Clubhouse and we go into these rooms and it's like these big, you know, uh, these, these big personalities, huge numbers, you know, huge this. And then there I am with my little photo, half yellow, half pink, raising my hand, saying, I got something to say about that. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's like being able to like own my juiciness. I own my nondoness and I know what I know and I don't know what I don't know, but I speak from a place of generosity and of being of service. And that's what gets me noticed. And in the past, I would have just been in the audience, just like listening, wishing I could get up and, and hold, you know, say something, contribute. And I would say that like folks like me and you, you know, we're, we're known in clubhouse Mm -hmm. because we have a lot to contribute and we contribute out of generosity and we want to see people move forward. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's bull boss. Check it out. Let me know if anybody's interested, we will have a conversation, but that's like the, the thing I'm most excited about. Well, heck yeah. I'd be excited about it too. If I were you, that sounds awesome. And ladies, if you are listening, I hope you take him up on that, but that leads me to my last and final question. Nando is if people do, I mean, obviously I can have your information in the show notes and everything like that, but where can people hang out with you on the daily? Where is Nando showing up? Where is he hanging out? Where can people hang out with you in your inner circle? I would say Instagram is where you can find me. Um, I've taken a couple of steps back on, on clubhouse, right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a season right now. I'm in the, in the phase of recharging my resilience. And so I've taken a step back from a lot of the things I was doing when you and I first met. And so Instagram is the, is, is the consistency place where I'm at. So if anybody wants to find me, it's at Nandoism. I'm, you know, doing stories, doing, you know, posts, videos, reels, all of that. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for such an amazing conversation today. I appreciate you. I think your energy is amazing. I adore everything that you're doing and I cannot wait to see what you do in the future from this point moving forward. Hey, hey, friends. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Uno Moss podcast. How can you help support us moving forward? Head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us your review. We love hearing back from you and what you're liking best by listening to this podcast. And if you are wanting to elevate your brand, position yourself successfully in an online space and increase your profits, then head on over to socialsavvyinfluencer.com and see how you can connect and get involved with me even more. I look forward to Uno Mas podcast next week. Mm-hmm.